With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and thank you for joining us today for Live Dharma Sunday. Please note that if you have called in to listen to today's broadcast, that all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you're listening from any of our Bright Dawn sites, note that it is not necessary to call in. You may have to wait a second or two for the loading and buffering process to complete, but if there is still no audio, please refresh your page. For more information about Bright Dawn and its activities and links to our social media sites, please visit brightdawn.org. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Dharma Sunday and enjoy the talk. Welcome everyone to Live Dharma Sunday for October 20th, 2019. Koyo Kubose here. So very, very glad you joined us. Yes, indeed. Coming to the near closer, closer to Halloween and entering into late fall, early winter. And there's a... I guess you call it the local weather conditions that happens in Central California, uh, you know, between San Francisco and Los Angeles, and maybe it's because of the uh, the valley uh, contours and uh, things such as that. But the valley in the winter time is well known for uh, winter fog in the winter time. Uh, a pea soup fog, <laughs> you know, uh, makes that makes driving very uh, hazardous, and they call it tule fog. And I never knew what tule meant. I thought, so gee, is that a you know, name of a place, or I didn't know what that referred to. And uh, then I found out that tule is a type of a grass. And I don't know how that uh, ties into producing the fog, but maybe maybe a lot of moisture, uh, dew or whatever, gets onto the, the grass. And, well, whatever the reason, man, maybe I... I should look it up on the internet. But anyway, 
in the wintertime and right now, starting right now, you know, long winter season of Thule fog uh, at night. Uh, it's thick. It's hard. It's dangerous to drive. And early morning, it's it's you got patchy patches of fog. By mid morning, then it burns off. Yeah. But as uh, recently, I was driving through the Thule fog, and I said, "Well, I have to." Get, I was thinking about a Dharma glimpse, uh, some kind of a connection using this uh, occurrence of fog for any Dharma teaching. It's it's a (laughs) no-brainer, sort of. It's as well. What's the equivalent of fog, fogginess in life? You know, you're traveling along and uh, you just can't can't see very far. You don't know what's coming. What do you do when life conditions... I like this. Uh, well, you you have to slow down for one thing, yeah. and you have to be alert. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you might think of uh, you know there are certain uh, actual local strategies that that locals know that you what you can do to drive in the fog. You roll down your windows. You don't put your brights on because it'll just bounce back off of the fog, and you know you you, yeah, you have to watch the uh, white line on the side of the road more carefully, and things like this. Uh, so, in the same way, uh, when your life becomes foggy, you slow down, okay? you be you alert, you you. You look around for any kind of uh, conditions or things that may help you okay, become more aware of exactly what's involved in in your life's fogginess. Maybe you just have to to live carefully for a while, and the fog will burn off. Fogginess. Okay? Sometimes, you know, in the West, it's particularly in Western uh, psychology. Is very problem solving oriented. Oh, there's a if there's a, a problem in life. I gotta fix it. Yeah. Uh, there's not supposed to be problems in life, as opposed to well, things happen in life. This is part of life, and you don't get all frustrated from stemming from the expectation of oh, I got I gotta fix it. Well, you just do the best you can, and it has to run its course. Okay. Might be, uh, you know, of course, it takes a little judgment or awareness about what are the kinds of situations that you can't do anything about, and you have to kind of uh, <clears throat> have some serenity in terms of acceptance okay. and patience. Versus the kind of uh, situation where, oh yeah, this. Let's see. Oh yeah, I, I, I could see that. This is what's causing it. I could see this is the problem, and I could easily do something about it. Okay. Uh, for example, I was thinking about a analogy of uh, sand that's 
in a glass of water, and uh, the whole the whole glass of water is you know has sort of a, a little particles of sand throughout the water, and you're thirsty and you want to drink. Uh, well, you could filter the water, you know, or something like that. Uh, but the, the most common sense thing is you, you just wait a while to let the sand settle instead of, you know, getting all frustrated and of how to speed this up or get rid of it or whatever. Just sometimes it's not that hard to, if you understand okay, that things have to settle down. And so when it's foggy, it's foggy. <laughs> uh, we might complain, say, hey, I don't like the fog. Okay, well, got to move out of the valley then. Okay. Fog comes with life sometimes. So I want to move on to introduce our guest who's going to give us a Dharma glimpse. His name is Brandon Shoyo. And he is part of our recent LM11 group that was inducted this past May. He lives in Florida, and he was part of the D-Land Florida uh, uh, Buddhist group there, led by one of our past lay ministers from our LM3 group, okay, Morisekyo Sensei. So this is really uh, gratifying, I guess, when uh, form where lay ministers are the source of recommending, hey, this is the program I went through. So, oh, mm -hmm. okay. and it's sort of like, you know, lay ministers, different generations producing each other. And uh, so that's very gratifying. So here's Brandon Shoyo. Hello, this is Brandon Shoyo. Hello, this is Brandon Shoyo from Florida. And the title of my Dharma talk this week is Finding Stillness. Like many parents, I find myself extremely busy at times. And in my profession as a teacher, as a school teacher of middle schoolers, I often find myself very busy. And in this busyness, I sometimes feel as if a sense of quiet, a sense of peace is not possible. And yet, with reflection, with deep reflection, you realize that stillness is available. Stillness really is the key to a Buddhist practice. And really, to a life that is well lived. When I think of stillness, I think of many famous poems about sitting and being still, and topics about nature and finding peace. But I'm also reminded of a book, a Zen book, by John Dado Laurie. And in a chapter called, you know, What is Zazen? 
from a book called Practices in Meditation, we are reminded that while we're, why we are attracted to Buddhism, and for many it's, it's that idea or that sense of stillness that we associate with Buddhism. And to quote from this beginning chapter, John Dado Lori says, most of us spend our time preoccupied. We are constantly carrying on internal dialogue where we are involved in talking to ourselves in this the moment-to-moment awareness of our life. We look, but we don't see. We listen, we don't hear. We eat, but we don't taste. We love, but we don't feel. The senses are receiving all the information because, but because our preoccupations, cognition is not taking place. Sazen brings us back to each moment. The moment is where our life takes place. If we miss the moment, we miss our life. Every other creature on the face of the earth seems to know how to be quiet and still. A butterfly on a leaf, a cat in front of the fireplace, even a hummingbird comes to rest sometimes. But humans are constantly on the go. We seem to have lost the ability to just be quiet, to simply be present in stillness. That is the foundation of our lives. Yet if we never get in touch with that stillness, we never fully experience our lives. I think that excerpt is really powerful. It reminds us how busy we sometimes find ourselves in our everyday life. And yet, there are moments where we can find stillness. This past week, I've found many moments of stillness drinking morning coffee. It's become sort of this ritual of doing the pour over coffee, going through the steps, and sitting, smelling, and enjoying the cup of coffee. That ritual, while a brief part of my day, is a simple glimpse of stillness. And you could probably argue that stillness is available at every moment if you are skillful in pursuing it. But we have to remind ourselves as practitioners that stillness is available. And sometimes we just have to simply plan for that stillness or take advantage of it when it arrives. You know, as as friends, as parents, as, as busy professionals, wherever we find ourselves in life, this stillness is always here. I might even say in this moment right now that talking to you and, and talking to a larger audience, that stillness is available as we listen, as we speak. But we must remind ourselves of our breath. The breath is always with us. And the breath is one of the ultimate tools that reminds us of stillness. And I would like to end with a poem by Wendell Berry. It's called Sit and Be Still. And this poem reminds us, again, that stillness is always available. And sometimes we just have to take that moment to stop, be present, be aware of our surroundings, and truly anchor into the breath. So I'll go ahead and read the poem. It goes, 
sit and be still until in the time of no rain you hear beneath the dry winds commotion in the trees the sound of flowing water among the rocks a stream unheard before and you are aware breathing is prayer and this comes from sabbath uh, 2001 they all find stillness Thank you very much. Uh, as I listen to the Dharma glimpse, all kind of associations and nice memories of different experiences or teachings uh, came to me. And uh, <clears throat> well, I think about you know my father's book, The Center Within. If if we think about a center within in oneself, stillness is not a bad one way to describe it. You know, uh, we have that stillness, okay, right with us. And it's nice to mention breath, uh, because a breath is indeed such a tremendous tool. Uh, tool in our practice, uh, spiritual practice toolkit. Uh, and I think what, I don't know, but if you think, when I take a nice deep breath, it sort of settles down in my gut, or in Japanese, what they call hara, okay? or this kind of glib stere- uh, stereotype of. Oh, you know, two inches below your navel or something like this. Uh, and then sometimes it's parodied by saying, okay, you, you know, contemplate your navel or uh, uh, you become quiet in that kind of way. And quiet, you know, there, in our property, there is a stone bench. And sometimes I, uh, I, Say this is a Dharma throne. It's a natural stone bench, and and you could sit on it, and you're kind of in a little, you know, in in the midst of nature, kind of isolated. There's nothing. Nature itself is uh, well, it, the stillness of, and the naturalness of run trees and boulders and stuff. It's kind of kind of a stillness. And so you experience that, and you, and when you sit down, usually that's kind of slowing, you know, slowing things down. Right? Just take a seat, take it easy. And of course, our in our minds, our consciousness sometimes is very busy. Uh, but even in that busy busyness of our minds, because we have to deal with something. We can still feel that spiritual place of sort of gravity center in our hara. And that made me recall a saying, I don't know what the context of the, of the article was, but it said that uh, uh, you have a feeling of calm, calmness. Or, or re, uh, in the midst of hecticness, 
This, this is sort of a teaching and sort of advice. So right in the midst of hecticness, okay, you could have a calm. You can be calm in your center. Okay? And they said the wise man is vibrant while in calm repose. So it's the counterpart. And you're just really taking it easy and everything. Uh, but there's something alive in your center too. So it's an alive stillness, a vibrant stillness, a powerful stillness. Hmm? Um, <clears throat> talking about this Dharma throne stone bench seat, once my brother-in-law was visiting us, he lives in Chicago, and and I was explaining this about the Dharma throne and how it could be used. And uh, I said, why don't you sit down there and see what uh, comes to mind? And he sat down and, I, I mean, he's an average person. It's not like he's on a real uh, intense spiritual quest or journey or anything, you know. Uh, and so he... And he's not, he doesn't have a real active pra spiritual practice. Okay? And to me, to us, you know, he's family, and we. But anyway, so I, I said, well, sit down there, you know, and he, and uh, anything, and he was, well, all I could think about is quiet. And he didn't mean it in, in any. I don't think he meant it in any deep sense. But as soon as I heard that, I said, yeah, that's good, that's good, Robert. Quietness. There's a lot in that quietness. So I think I gave him something to think about when I put it that quietness into spiritual context. Uh, <clears throat> instead of just secular quietness. Uh, and I think along with the quietness is is a sort of a uh, well, I I never thought about it too much, but all wise people are kind of calm, <laughs> you know. Uh, people who have it together, they're always calm, and you can see it in their face. That's the Buddha's all the Buddha statues and depictions. Just a slight smile. Okay? You could see some kind of a stillness and calmness within. And one time, I was visiting in Chicago in uh, a Thai temple, and they really kind of respected my father, who was, you know, late in his late eighties and uh, venerable Gyome Kubose. They really highly expected, respected him, and we were attending some kind of a function, a celebration or something at the Thai temple, and. And my father and I, I took my father there, and then uh, uh, I was very friendly and knew the Thai leaders there. We were doing a lot of uh, intra-Buddhist activities together, and and uh, my father wasn't—I don't—he he was not physically right next to me. And someone said, "Oh, oh, you're, you're Reverend Kubo, Reverend Kubose, you know, you say Reverend Kubose." That means my father, <laughs> you know, okay. Oh, Reverend Kubose is here. Yeah, and he, and he asked me, 
and he was saying, he was kind of looking around and said, hey, did you see him? Oh, is he calm? Is he calm? And I overheard this, and I said, gee, what's the excitement here or, or the focus or, on the on? They wanted to see his calmness. Isn't that interesting? See? When you see Thich Nhat Khan, if you see him in person or or even if if it's not in person, but, you know, video or something, you know, he has a calmness about him, huh? a serenity. Huh? Uh, uh, that, uh, along with quietness, quietness, I think, is a, is a, and, and part of stillness is is slow. You're not in any hurry, okay? Even though, like I said, you could be calm in the midst of hect- doing a hectic activity that, that the situation requires. But even there, you have to, you, you make haste slowly. That's a, a quote by John Wooden, who was a very famous basketball coach at UCLA. And he was a very calm, centered coach he was you know and he was you know pretty coach for a long time so he he, uh, he was not like these young coaches that you know yell and scream and everything he never sounded good and his coaching style and his his principles have been put into books and whatnot you know uh and you could apply his approach to, to making a good basketball player, uh, to being making a good person and how to live. And one of his phrases was make haste slowly. Okay? Because it's a fast game. But mentally, and and this is, if you know anything about sports, oh, the game slowed down for him. Okay? Uh, somebody who's not a veteran or, you know, real talented player they might get too excited at the beginning they're a rookie okay. they got the potential huh? athletic ability but mentally they're not there yet they're not experienced they don't know how to make haste slowly and so in the sports analogy you know if some <clears throat> if it's baseball and the batter's there and the pitcher's throwing a 95-mile-hour fastball. But to this calm inside batter, this skilled star, they always make it look easy. They make it look smooth. And they're not in a hurry. Okay? Even though they're swinging this bat, and they, you got to hit this 95-mile-hour fastball. Okay? And he could do it because he's calm and things are not moving so fast in his mind. Or a basketball player, I know like Bill Russell, who was a famous Boston Celtic legend. And he was a, he was not a scorer. He wasn't known for scoring. He was known for getting a lot of rebounds and being good defensive center. He played the center. And he had made the comment once that when he goes up to get the rebound, you know, everything's happening quick, fast. 
but the game slows down for him, and when he goes up to get that basketball rebound, it's like in his mind, he's like in, it's, everything's happening in slow motion. He could see clearly the seams on the basketball. He could maybe even see Wilson <laughs> or Spalding. Yeah, I don't know what kind of ball they use nowadays, but, you know. And you go up, and you can exactly how you're grabbing it with your fingers and so forth. The game slows down. Uh, there's a calmness right in the midst of hecticness. And that's a really good advice in life to make haste slowly. Huh? When fog happens, slow down. <laughs> hey, pretty good segue on. I was making a circle about that. That's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, keep going. And you have a wonderful day. Thank you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.